Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you, Simi? I'm good, thank you. How are the markets doing? <laughs> you know very... what, Lori? That's not a good sign when you do that, when you <laughs> no, laugh right off the top. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's an obvious answer. Um, over the past week, obviously, there's been so much news. I, I was waiting to speak to you all week, I, I tell you, Simi. Um, you know, today I was going to be talking a lot about uh, the Silicon Valley Bank, the Signature Bank, you know, and, and what happened there. Um, you know, it is, it is a lot different than, you know, when people start worrying about 2008 and the financial crisis back then. Um, you know, the customer base for, for those types of banks were really on the, the, you know, riskier side of things, whether it was tech startups or whether it was cryptocurrency. And, um, and there's a reason why this happened. I mean, they were taking deposits and they were investing what they thought was safe in terms of treasuries and government bonds. But because interest rates went up, you know, the price of those bonds went down. So they ended up selling bonds at a loss. And uh, when, you know, their customer base heard about that, they ended up, you know, wanting their deposits out. They were worried. And so there was a bit of a run on the bank. And so What's different this time a bit is that uh, the Fed stepped in very quickly, you know, within two days, basically uh, shut down SVB. And so, you know, on the weekend, again, being active managers, we're, you know, talking to each other, um, my analysts on the team, and really waiting for what the Fed was going to do in terms of the depositors, right? Because they were only um, right. insured up to 250000 And so then they came out, of course, on Sunday night and said that all depositors are going to be, um, you know, made whole and that their cash is going to be available Monday morning. So, so that caused a, a bit of relief, I guess, around markets and so on, but still, the uncertainty is is what causes this kind of market volatility. And today, um, you know, Credit Suisse came out uh, as well. And uh, what they're saying is that uh, they noted that they found material weakness in their financial reporting, which adds to the uncertainty. And then a Saudi national bank came out and cited that they can invest more in the bank. And, you know, they already own 10% of Credit Suisse. So so th- these kinds of headlines are what's causing that volatility, um, not just in the banking sector, but we're seeing it in energy today is off 6% on average. Uh, we're seeing that in materials, copper and so on, off 5% plus. But again, it, when you go through these types of situations, you, you want to you know, not panic and understand what's happening, which banks and, and you know, how things are going to be handled, uh, which is very different from, uh, you know, this time before. This time, well, that's the thing, though, this time before. I think a lot of us wonder, we look at this and go, how could this have happened again, Lori? Yeah, you know, every time that they increase interest rates, it seems that something is exposed, some sort of weakness, um, you right. know, in an investment or in, you know, financial markets. And and it's happened, you know, every time that they increase rates. And and again, when, when things come down, there's always opportunities there too. And you have to be cognizant of the fact. I mean, even in 2008, 2009, you know, when banks were failing, um, you know, if you look within that, you know, first kind of month or two, that was probably 
probably the time to actually be buying stocks. You know, when we look at North American bank stocks back in 2008, 2009, a lot of them were yielding, you know, eight, 10% dividends. Um, you know, had you bought back then, that would have been one of the best buys in, in history. But again, it was too scary. It was too uncertain. So most people didn't, of course. And even today, I mean, looking at what's happening, you know, we've raised cash being active managers and um, we were already raising cash before this because market started to be volatile, but even through this, right? And having that cash on hand will allow us to pick up stocks at a cheaper price when we're ready to do so. Again, you don't want to panic during these times. We've been through many volatile situations before, many uh, crisis situations, um, and you want to handle them, uh, you know, without emotion if possible and, uh, and make uh, insightful decisions. Okay, how is all of this affecting interest rates? Well, there, there's a silver lining to this is that, uh, you know, I would say a few weeks ago, there was thought that the Fed could increase rates by, you know, 50 basis points in the US next week. And now they're talking about a quarter point. Uh, and there's some even saying whether they're going to raise at all due to, you know, the issues that we're seeing in the banking sector. So, you know, if, if there was a positive out of this, it could be that the Fed pauses on interest rates or is not as aggressive because a situation like this would probably naturally bring down inflation. Uh, people would, you know, not be spending as much. They'd be holding on, you know, tightening up those purse strings, so to speak. Uh, we're going to see further layoffs, I'm sure, in the tech sector. So so there is a positive to this, and the Fed is going to be talking next week. And again, we're holding our kind of our powder dry until the Fed does talk and until we see markets stabilizing. Okay. I know you've also said though, and we, and we talked about repeat mistakes there. Um, this isn't the same as what we saw before. Is there, what kind of reassurance do you give your clients in terms of, no, no, it's okay. This isn't 2008 all over again. Yeah. Well, uh, we just taped a conference call yesterday and we're sending it out today, um, again, to keep that communication up. But, you know, I, I managed money through 2008. I've been doing this th uh, since 2001, been through a lot of situations. And 2008 was very different in that um, the U.S. basically held up their hands and said, no, we're not uh, not going to support Lehman Brothers, for example, right? And uh, and it went under. This is different in that they're really supporting the depositors of the banks, and so they're fine. Uh, they're trying to find a deal for someone to buy SVB. Um, they're not dipping into taxpayer dollars. So again, that's a bit different too. And so, you know, what they don't want to see is what we call a run on the banks where everyone goes to try and get their cash out of the bank because of course the banks don't hold cash like that. They, they invest those deposits. And although they're invested safely because interest rates went up so much, uh, therefore some of these bonds are showing losses. So, <clears throat> so there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, but that is the main difference to me is that, uh, basically the fed wasn't there in right. 2008 and that's why that happened. That's very different to what we saw last week and, and on the weekend with SVB and, uh, and others. And, uh, now we have to take a look at, uh, internationally, right. Uh, with credit Swiss and what's happening there. And, Again, being active managers, you have to be on top of the news. You have to make decisions. Uh, this isn't, uh, again, we don't believe in buy and hold, just buying a basket of stocks and hoping for the best and, and, and making those changes. I mean, we were even selling more yesterday, selling the banking ETF, selling um, one of our energy holdings. You know, We have 15 to 25% cash in our portfolios right now. 
and that really minimizes the impact of what's going on. So, so having those discussions, but actually making decisions when it's important and not just sitting on your hands and putting your head in the sand, uh, because that's not a good investment strategy in my books. How do you manage that, that downside risk? Well, like I said, by raising cash, by uh, staying neutral in the portfolios. Um, so we have a lot of, um, well, more than half the portfolio invested in uh, the def- defensive sectors, uh, recessionary type areas like utilities, for example. We even added a bit yesterday. That's one of the sectors that are in the green today. And um, and making changes when necessary and, and being ready again to invest in some of those areas that ha- are going to get beaten up here, right? Like when we're talking about the banking sector, um, there's going to be opportunities there for sure uh, over the coming weeks. And we'll be looking for those opportunities because that's, again, um, you know, what you want to be doing when you see this kind of volatility in market. So shifting into defensive sectors, uh, which we've done and, and have been doing, raising cash, which we've already done, continue to do. Uh, and again, exploring those new ideas out there and, and trimming some positions as well, if, if you need to, that may be going out of favor. Um, and staying diversified in your portfolio and just, you know, watch out for uh, when markets are hot. Uh, It's also important, um, you know, to kind of not get sucked into that FOMO situation, fear of missing out and getting into those kind of bubble type areas and always uh, investing with a level head. And uh, again, trying not to invest and make buy and sell decisions on emotions, even as we're going through situations like we are today, and always having a plan A and plan B to go when needed. I mean, on Sunday night, my team was ready to go, uh, depending on what the Fed did uh, with SVB and their depositors. And, And so we're ready to sell if we needed to on Monday. Um, and uh, and and make decisions as needed. Right. Well, Lori, thank you so much for that. Thanks so much, Samin. and you have a great week. And I look forward to updating listeners uh, next week as well. I look forward to talking to you with everything that's going on. Thank you. That's Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. You can contact Lori and her team directly at 605-695-LORI, or you can check out their website at pinkowski.ca.